Welcome back to the Juice Time Podcast. I'm your host, Noah Adamani. And across the screen from me tonight, folks, is none other than the man himself in central Iowa, the one and only Nicholas Osen of 24-7 Sports Cyclone Alert, the busiest man in sports media, my brother, coming off of a special victory on monday night football for our beloved chicago bears nick how are you doing tonight my man you're absolutely right thank you for the welcome i'm doing pretty well uh it's been a good week it started off great with that bears win you know there's kind of a lot of fun to talk about within that and busy times ahead but but a lot of good things good to be back nick it's safe to say we are in the thick of football season and for you, college basketball is just two weeks away in terms of the season opener for the Iowa State Cyclones. So a great deal of sports on the horizon. NBA just started up last week. It is arguably the best time on the sports calendar when you really take a look at things. So I am absolutely fired up about Monday night's win and ready to roll into the weekend for a monster matchup. No pun intended on Halloween weekend. Down at Jerry's World against the Dallas Cowboys. So folks, strap in for a special episode. And as always, juice up! All right, Nick, as I alluded to earlier, our beloved Chicago Bears went into Gillette Stadium on Monday Night Football and absolutely trounced the New England Patriots. A 33-14 to 14 final score as heavy underdogs coming off the mini-buy, which I truly believe the Bears benefited from greatly. And my largest takeaway from this football game is that as of right now, our offense is competent, and Luke Getze, after some scheming, is more than capable of designing plays that play to Justin Fields' strengths as a dual-threat quarterback in this league. Yeah, there's a lot of good, you know, to take from that victory, and I'll bounce off that. One of the biggest things, I felt like, you know, Getze hasn't been bad and he certainly had some good games, but that, and I love how early, you know, we saw it and we're kind of texting about it. And then it, it got a lot of kind of attention on Twitter, but pretty easily his best game so far. And I think that it helped fields get comfortable. Obviously he can do a lot of good with his legs and it's, it's very fun to watch. I, I hope that eventually he's comfortable enough and the offensive line is good enough in pass protection where you don't want to have to run him like that, because I do believe that's our quarterback for, you know, 10 years or so. And you would definitely want to keep him healthy, but I think it showed not only that, but some real fight from the team. I think we were both pretty nervous and upset after Zappy hour started and Bailey Zappy came in you know, had a couple really nice plays. I think the crowd was a big part of it. I don't think the defense necessarily 
expected the field to open up like that. But then it's just like everything turned. Everybody got some love in that game. You know, Fields, Mooney, Herbert was awesome. Montgomery scored late, which I know we love. It was a lot of good. And I was texting a couple people. I feel like that was probably their best win since beating Tom Brady on Thursday night football, I believe two years ago. And it was a lot of fun. Even when I was nervous, like I said, we were fully into it. And it's nice once in a while. It's a bummer that it's probably the last primetime game of the year. But it's nice when the Bears are on a level like that and the whole country's watching. Because Monday Night Football gets more eyes than anything, especially with the new uh, commentator duo that actually, you know, is really good at what they do. So I think it was a lot of fun and one heck of a way to start the week. Well, Nick, I think you just wrapped up the entire game in one little bow there. But I love how you mentioned, yes, Bailey Zappi, backup quarterback for the New England Patriots. He came in off the bench, provided a quick spark, and turned that score around, scoring two quick touchdowns. And it looked like the night was over for us, but the Bears were resilient. The good plays did not wane as the game went along. And you mentioned the stars of the show offensively for the Bears and how good of a win this was for our favorite franchise. I honestly believe this is the best win in recent memory for the Bears because the Patriots have been gaining some steam despite the controversy at quarterback. The fan base is confident that the Patriots will still somehow make a playoff run. I think they're well past that at this point. And if you look at this football game, you mentioned it. Everybody ate. Justin Fields found a touchdown through the air with a nice little dump off or screen to Khalil Herbert, who is a spark plug beyond measure. And David Montgomery bowled his way through the end zone in the beginning of the fourth quarter. And we honestly left some meat on the bone offensively in that game because we could have scored at the end of the game to hang 40 points on the board. But Matt Eberflus went with the classy route coaching against the greatest coach to ever be part of the game of football. So I could not be happier with this win. And I think it provides a great deal of momentum rolling into Sunday against the Cowboys. Before we get into that matchup, I have to recognize our bears defense. Yes. Bailey Zappi. He was that quick offensive answer for the New England Patriots, but this Bears defense was all over the place, snagging the ball out of the air. Jaquan Brisker with an interception. Roquan Smith with an interception. And a guy that I have criticized since day one of this season, Kyler Gordon, almost had a pick six, was forced out on the sideline late, and I was over the moon to see this defense truly show up in primetime. Yeah, you know, the Patriots aren't a great offense, but 
it felt like the defense did everything right for the last probably 36 or 37 minutes of that game. You love seeing all of the takeaways. You know, there were times where there was enough kind of pressure in, in the past. I felt like even though Stevenson got you a lot of fantasy points, a lot of that came through the air because I, I had looked and he actually didn't have a ton of success in the run game. And now, as I know, we kind of will move on to, you know, the next game, already the eighth game of the year. It does not get easier. And this is a pretty brutal back-to-back with both of these games being on the road. Nick, it's truly disheartening and honestly makes my stomach churn knowing that we're almost at the midway point of this NFL season as it feels like we're just gaining steam, especially with such a big win on the grand stage, as I say. You mentioned Ramondre Stevenson there to kind of wrap up this Patriots matchup. Was I elated that I was able to cross the threshold and win a fantasy matchup by .02 points? Yes. What I took away from that duo and seeing Bailey Zappi play in person at Lambeau a few weeks ago, Ramondre Stevenson is his greatest connection on that offense. And I know the smoke has cleared in terms of who's going to play quarterback for that franchise moving forward. It's going to be Mac Jones. I don't know that he has any solidified connections with weapons on that offense. So the hype has certainly been around Bailey Zappi as he's been winning football games. But if you really take a look at both of those quarterbacks, I don't think either of them have successful careers as starting quarterbacks in the National Football League. So, Nick, looking ahead to arguably our toughest matchup of the season thus far, potentially on the entire schedule, as the Cowboys are one of the better teams in the NFC right now, we are going down to Jerry's world for a classic mid-afternoon football game against a Cowboys team who recently got their quarterback back in the fold, a man that you have praised since he entered the league and was backing up Tony Romo. That is another quarterback situation that I'm honestly not sold on at the moment. Dak Prescott is coming off injury. He did not look stellar on Sunday in his first start back. The man who has won them the majority of their football games this season is Andy Dalton's lookalike, Cooper Rush, who is now back on the clipboard. So is this Dallas Cowboys team spectacular? Yes, and I would attribute that to the defense. I am not entirely sold on Dak Prescott being a remarkable quarterback for them down the stretch, I think Dak finding his footing right now will be very beneficial to our Bears defense. Yeah, it is definitely one of the toughest spots of the year. And I'm going to emphasize spot because you get our best win of the year, best win in a long time. I'm glad we're probably not going to spend too much time on it, but 
you know, the Bears trade one of their best players. So some emotional roller coaster up and down there. And then, yes, I love Dak Prescott. I'm high on him. He hasn't been himself yet this year. He was obviously hurt for a while, and the Cowboys were still able to do a lot of good things. But they have a terrific defense, though I'm still not you know, sure why they didn't keep Amari Cooper. They have some weapons offensively. I did see a report that Zeke might be out, and I'm sure you're not too high on him anymore, but I think he's still a good football player. And I feel like this is either going to be a Bears small victory or we're just going to get run off the field. That's kind of the feel I'm getting. And with the magic of Justin Fields, I think either can happen, but we need really good pass protection. And most importantly, we have to take care of the ball. And as good as Fields was, and as you know, much as I love him, turnovers have absolutely been an issue. And the Cowboys are a team that will make you pay, especially at home when the Bears are coming off a short week. Nick, the good thing about Jerry's world is that we won't be dealing with the elements like we did on Monday night at Gillette. It was foggy. It was rainy. And a couple of those pitches to Khalil Herbert made me extremely nervous. But you talk about ball protection. That is not a major concern of mine other than the most important part of this offense coming into a matchup against Micah Parsons. And that is offensive line has to be paramount. And can Justin Fields hold on to that football when he more than likely gets drilled by number 11 on the other side of the football? Because whether you're playing the best pass protection of your life, Micah Parsons is still going to find his way to the quarterback. I don't care what offensive line you have. We have one of the worst in the league. And that's just a testament to how remarkable of a football player Micah Parsons is. He can play against the best starting five offensive line, and he will sack the quarterback at least once, possibly twice. So... The Bears have to have their best protection of Justin Fields all season long. It's not likely, so Fields will very much have to rely on his feet like he did against the Patriots and move that ball past the sticks if they want to have a shot. Yeah, you know, as much as I'm not really a fan of his, Parsons is a special player, and he's that rare combination of you know, I feel like he can beat you with the speed rush, and he's obviously very strong. He's just incredibly versatile, and you know he'll probably get one, maybe two, but you can't let him be a game wrecker. And I do have faith in kind of the game plan and the scheme that the Bears will obviously look out for that. It does help to have a very mobile quarterback in Justin Fields, but the Cowboys are a good team. I mean, I, I for some reason, I was thinking they had already had their bye, but they haven't. They're five and two which, you know, is a really good record. But again, the Bears should be at least four and three. And they played a very complete game on Monday. And I feel like this magic and the budding of the quarterback position can really change anything. And Dak, I don't think is himself yet. I think we'll miss Robert Quinn in the pass rush, but 
as you say, I'm not so sure about that line. I feel like it's a little bit of a disrespect in terms of the, the Vegas line for this game, nearly double digits. And I'm excited to watch this game. And I know you kindly looked at the whole schedule for me. I'm hoping this is one that I get to watch here in central Iowa because there are and have been some scheduling conflicts, but dang, especially after Monday, I need to see it. Nick, I certainly don't want to be negative heading into such a momentous occasion coming off of a special victory in front of the world to see. The Bears are rolling into this football game with a great deal of confidence on both sides, defensively and offensively. And honestly, special teams-wise as well, because Dante Pettis had a good amount of success as our new punt returner because Valus Jones Jr. should be out of a job entirely. No longer on an NFL roster, but God forbid we waste a draft pick. Looking at this game, Nick, you mentioned Ezekiel Elliott, and I've been avoiding the topic of Robert Quinn because I am still incredibly distraught, but I will touch on it. I don't think this Cowboys offense is a true threat for us right now. Dak is still finding himself. The Cowboys have had all of their success with a backup quarterback this season. And you look at Ezekiel Elliott, whether he plays or not, he has had a few good games this year, but I honestly think the guy offensively for them has been Tony Pollard. He's a power runner and has the capability to make big plays down the field, and they've honestly been a pretty good one-two punch this year, but the Cowboys are almost favoring Pollard as of late. So I'm more focused on him, whether number 21 plays or not. And if you look at this Robert Quinn trade that happened just hours before recording this, I mentioned it before recording today's episode. It's almost a sign of the Bears giving up on this season just a couple days after the best win of the year. Matt Eberflus is a rookie head coach, and he went into New England arguably the toughest place to play in the National Football League and beat Bill Belichick on his own turf. And you go and turn around and trade one of the greatest defensive players in franchise history. I'm not overhyping that. It's a fact. He's in the record books with 18 and a half sacks just a year ago. Yes, Robert Quinn has not had the type of season he did last year. It's not possible to replicate. I think it was too early to pull the plug on him, and you saw Roquan Smith's reaction. He literally teared up at the podium as he heard the news, and that just shows the type of impact Robert Quinn has had on that locker room and on Roquan Smith's budding career. And in the year 2022, the Bears have gotten rid of two of their better defensive players in recent memory. And so it's truly disheartening. I don't like that vibe going into Sunday, but hopefully Roquan Smith can have that defense well-prepared and recognize that he is now the sole leader 
of those starting 11. Yeah, it's to me, it's especially disappointing because he was a captain and a leader of the team. But this is one that if we're being honest, we can put a lot of the emotions aside because he had an amazing year. He hasn't been around Chicago too long. I was certainly disappointed and I will miss him and just having his presence on the team and in the locker room. And I'd even feel better if there was at least a third round pick, but honestly, he's not part of the future. I can tell you 1000% that he doesn't come close to what he did last year ever again. I think it's a good thing. He didn't go to a division rival or anything like that. The bears do get something back for him. And man, when you look at the money, the bears have next year, it's almost unbelievable. I, I can't remember the bears or any team really having that much cap space. I know we want Montgomery back. I believe Eddie Jackson will still be there. Roquan should be. Mooney, Fields, a lot of these young pieces, the rookies that we like, some of the vets on the lines on both sides. And it's a new regime, but I feel like you get a star tackle in there, a star wide out, and then some real spots to fill out the roster. That's a team set to at least contend in the division. The, the Packers aren't doing anything. The Vikings, look, I picked them to go to the Super Bowl, but they have had some easy, I'm sorry, some close, close wins and what should have been bigger blowouts. And I think the Bears are on the rise. So I think it hurt me short term, but I see it long term and I'm excited for the future. Nick, you've got me over the moon for the future of this franchise looking ahead to March and I don't know the exact figure, but the Bears are just under $200 million to play with next year, kind of offloading some of that contract with Robert Quinn. And you're absolutely right. He's never going to get back to nearly 20 sacks, but I would be very surprised if that fourth-round pick that we received in return for Robert Quinn pans out in the future. If it does, I will be the first to tell you I'm wrong, but I could very well see that fourth round pick being used. He plays for the bears for a year or two and you never hear from him again. And we're talking about a phantom player right now. I just know there are always a couple guys that the bears draft that, you get excited about early and they're out of the league well before the end of their rookie contract. So in the short term, it hurts a lot, but yes, at one point this summer, it was $156 million next year. And now it's going to be a little bit more while offloading Robert Quinn, but Nick, we have to stay in the present for this Bears-Cowboys matchup, I want to give out my defensive bold prediction. Jaquan Brisker should be in contention for Defensive Rookie of the Year right now. I think he answers the bell once again on Sunday 
intercepts Dak Prescott and also gets in his grill mix behind the line of scrimmage and brings number four down onto the turf. I'm calling for an interception and a sack from number nine of the Chicago Bears. Yeah, mine isn't too crazy, but I think it would certainly be an accomplishment, especially on the road and without Quinn. I think the Bears hold the Cowboys to under 20, including just two touchdowns. Also, I may have read it too quickly, but I do believe the space now will be in the 130-something range now because around 200 is really the entire cap. Could be wrong. Could have read it too quickly, but I did see that today uh, and that the Quinn move saves nearly $20 million, which is crazy to think about. And, yeah, I'm not going to get on – Poles or Eberflus, you know I've been impressed with both, especially Matt, unless they just fail in free agency. And unfortunately, it doesn't look like a huge year for wideouts, which of course is maybe our biggest need, certainly top two. But there are going to be legitimate bones to build this team with. And I really am excited. And I think you saw a team that believes in themselves Monday night. There are certainly some wideouts that are unhappy with their situations right now. And we still have a few days left until the trade deadline. I don't see the Bears making a move based on what they just did today with Robert Quinn. But you take a wide receiver from a mediocre team or worse than a mediocre team like the Carolina Panthers, that is a move for the future to build some absolute dogs around Justin Fields. I would be over the moon about a decision like that. It's not likely, but I would welcome it over the weekend if a move were to be made. Staying in this matchup, Nick, I will provide you with something that is very similar to what you mentioned about the Cowboys score. I am going with Justin Fields to throw two touchdowns for my offensive bold prediction. He's building off of that performance on Monday night, and he's going to expose the secondary of the Cowboys. Maybe Darnell Mooney will burn Trayvon Diggs on a route, and Mooney does a little dance down the sidelines. I would absolutely love to see it. And my final score, you said it best. It's either a close Bears win or a blowout from Jump Street. And I am going with the momentum pick. Our beloved Chicago Bears squeeze past the home team Dallas Cowboys in a fourth quarter Comeback win with a Cairo Santos game-winning field goal. The Bears come out on top 20 to a Cowboys 19. This is rare because in life, I'm obviously kind of the optimist. With the Bears, I'd say we both are. But I got to keep in mind, the bold prediction is meant to be bold. And now I go with what I actually think. I do think it's going to be a good game. I think the Bears cover. It might even be a great game. I'm going to go with 
pretty close to your score, but probably a Cowboys victory. 23 to 19, Dallas. Nick, that one certainly hurts my heart a little bit, but it's obviously the smart pick, and I think the entire world will be in agreement with you besides myself. But I'm here to say it right now to close out the show. If the Chicago Bears win at Jerry's World on Sunday afternoon, I am all in on a playoff run and the easier part of the schedule is on its way. We've got the Miami Dolphins coming up. Of course, the New York Jets have had a great deal of success early in the season. I think that's going to come to a head soon. And if the Bears win on Sunday and we've got some of these favorable matchups, I could see that Jets-Bears game being one of the better games of the season and truly showing whether either of these teams is capable of moving on to the postseason down the stretch. So I am all in if the Bears are able to come away with a victory and they will be ahead of the Green Bay Packers in the division because there's no chance Aaron Rodgers is coming out of Buffalo with a victory against the hottest team in football right now with Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs at the helm. Forget about it. Buffalo is trouncing the Packers. One of the hottest teams. Eagles would be the hottest. But, geez, they do have some winnable games, do the Bears. Dolphins at home, Lions at home, Falcons on the road, Jets on the road. Jets game not for a month or so. But don't let me get my hopes up right now. We will have to see. I, I think either way, there's a chance for this Bears team to get to 500 soon. We'll see what happens Sunday. Nick, I think you just rattled off three wins in those four matchups you just gave out. I think they beat the Miami Dolphins. I think they beat the Detroit Lions. Maybe a letdown spot in Atlanta on November 20th, I believe. And turn it around against a really fun and exciting team against the New York Jets who just lost arguably their best player on either side of the football, who we absolutely love. So shout out to Brees Hall, speedy recovery to an Iowa State legend and ascending star in this league. Folks, it was an absolutely action-packed episode. I truly love the game of football, as you can probably hear in my voice right now. And Nick, you sharing those opportunities for victory get me even more excited about the home stretch of this season so thank you and folks football season is here to stay so don't get tired and let's roll into the weekend so thank you for tuning in and as always just up bear down forever